hello. Welcome to episode 80 of Sack King's Therapy. What does that mean? It means we've been doing 80 episodes of this now. And it is, I don't actually have the game number, and I, I don't care to count right now. But uh, with me to go through the Dallas Mavericks game that we just watched, uh, Fong. Hello, yes. It was, it's a, today's a good day. <laughs> Yeah, you know, it was a good day for Luca. He had, what was it, 37 points, and, you know, he basically carried the maps to the win. Oh, oh, oh wait, no, no, they, did, they didn't win. The Kings actually won this time. Uh, we finally break the nine-game losing streak that we've been on, and it was, in, it was in great fashion. We kind of not dominated the maps, but we definitely had a great showing um, against the maps today. Oh, yes, we did. I got to say, I think we played our cards right a lot better than before. And we and the cons that we kept on seeing, I, I think some of them got fixed this game. Uh, we'll, we'll get into that definitely when we go through our kind of play-by-play. Uh, but before we get into it, uh, I want to just quickly shout out Jabari Parker. Jabari Parker did sign with the Celtics. I don't think we announced it on this pod because I... Uh, for some reason, I, I either forgot to announce it or I just didn't, you know, I just didn't find a good time to announce it. But he did side with the Celtics. They had to weigh Mo Wagner for him. And he managed to score 11 points in 16 minutes uh, and a win against the Warriors. So great start for him. I just want to shout him out. Like he never really like had it in sack because, you know, it was either like injuries or just we never had a spot for him on the roster. Like, you know, I'm glad he's able to find, you know, a, kind of a role uh, on the Celtics. And, so, you know, glad to see him do well. Yeah, glad he's doing well because, uh, yeah, we, with him out uh, playing with the Kings for the short minutes and time he had here, it didn't seem too pretty, I gotta say. He seemed done, like, honestly. He looked done to me, and it seems like he still has some left. Like in in a good team, in a limited defined role, he has a place in this league, and you know, so Celtics can use him. They could use a little bit extra scoring. Yeah. Uh, speak about signings. We re-signed Damian Jones to another ten day. Uh, however, he didn't play today's game, so. I, I noticed he was in street clothes, so I don't know what that what was going on with that. Hmm. Really, I didn't see that. Uh, well, when we go by or talk about the play-by-play, I guess we'll we'll understand why he didn't play. But, you know, I, I kind of wish he did play, to be honest. Yeah, like, there were moments, uh, what's it called? Like, KP, no, he didn't dominate this game, but there, he had moments. And that was when I was wondering why we didn't have Damian Jones on him. You know, just a mobile big, like, who can kind of keep up with him and also long enough to actually, like, guard him. Because we guarded a KP with kind of wings. And at one point, I think, like, De'Aaron Fox ended up on him. And somehow he just wasn't able to take advantage. Like, KP is a... He did not have a good game. Uh, no, he did not. And I think you had another announcement that you put down here. Oh, yeah. I was going to mention about uh, Donovan Mitchell and his injury. So, he... <laughs> I believe I, I forgot the injury now. It was a rolled ankle, and they did an MRI, and no structural damage. But, but So he will be back, but he will be missing some games, is what so, I've read. 
So hopefully, yeah, we'll see him back in the playoffs because, you know, Utah's still going off. So, yeah, I just wonder who that eighth seed's going to be uh, to play against the Jazz. I mean, could, you know, it could be the Kings. You know, just, just throwing yeah. that out there. Maybe. Maybe. <laughs> well, we, we shall see. Hopefully he does have a speedy recovery because they're in a prove-it mode right now, in my opinion, because they're the first seed, but... I don't know. I don't take them seriously at all in the playoffs. And they have to just prove it because they just haven't done it. And, like, my uh, – my uh, I cannot think of the word right now. My doubting of them, like, just – it doesn't really have any, like, you know – it doesn't really have any logical reasoning to it. It's just that they haven't proved it, and they just need to prove it right now. Oh, yeah. All right, let's uh, get started with uh, the play-by-play. So this uh, this one guy that we've been talking about being pretty awful to watch, um, he was good this game, Whiteside. <laughs> again, another good game from Whiteside. Uh, he had the first he had the first five points of uh, the Kings and was really good throughout the game. Just he was jumping out on Luca. And he was, you know, in spot, you know, in spots like, you know, protecting the rim and also like guarding his assignment, which was actually usually um, it usually wasn't KP. It was the other guy on the court. I, I forget who he was guarding, but he was good this game. Yeah, of course, he still had those, you know, white side antics now and then. But yeah, you could tell that he actually tried at least this game. And it really showed uh, from his stats in, I guess, in some ways. <laughs> and like, you know, he was just, again, just better energy. He is finally moving well. And I think like he's finally recovering from his little hip injury. And like, you know, there were, there were moments like, you know, before where he would just stand and not move. But like he's actually moving. He's fighting for rebounds. Again, jumping out to the perimeter onto Luka. Had had a few possessions where he was actually decent on Luka for the most part. Like, again, we hadn't seen this from Hassan before. And I, I'm liking this new Hassan. And surprisingly enough, he only played like 19 minutes. But like, it felt like he played more. And But when he was out there, he was effective. Oh, yeah. Again, I kind of don't know why we didn't play Damien or, you know, the third unit. But, you know, seeing this from Hassan, I, I don't mind uh, seeing this uh, Hassan for the next uh, future games. Yeah, and honestly, 19 minutes is perfect for him. Again, I think his production tends to drop off a lot once you get to a certain level. And towards the end of like his tenure, I think there was a little bit of like, because he was missing a lot of floaters. Otherwise, he was fine on the other end, but like he was missing a lot of those floaters. And you know, he, he again, he was good this game, but he did have his you know usual moments. But his positives definitely outweighed his negatives. Again, uh, in the first quarter, we actually got to see a little of uh, Chris Silva. Uh, but uh, he didn't really play much this game. He only played three minutes. I wish we saw a little more of him, too. I will say there there is a special he, he you can definitely tell he comes from like a different team because he's out there setting screens and then immediately calling for the ball to kind of set up for another play immediately. You can kind of tell he came from like the heat, <laughs> I guess, in a way like, and you know, I'd like to see what he brings to the team if he ever does find a role. Yeah, I hope so. If not, you know, hopefully he finds that 
uh, special place in the NBA. Uh, hopefully that's the Kings, because I, I feel like the Kings need all the talent they can get. And, you know, like, again, he comes from the Heat, so, you know, a good system. So hopefully they've kind of groomed him to for, like, a certain role, and hopefully we can find that role for him on this team. Oh, uh, yeah. The only other notable thing I have for the uh, first quarter is that the Fox got a tech um, for getting for basically yelling at the ref after a no-call on a fast-break layup. Where there was contact, but honestly, I didn't think it was that bad. And he got a tech for it, and he's kind of, it feels like he's getting pretty fed up with a lot of these no calls on drives. And honestly, I feel like he needs he's like his the only issue with his driving game right now, I think, is that he doesn't flop enough for those calls. I feel like he'll eventually develop that way, but yeah, it's so far out. Yeah, he doesn't really flop. He's he's really more uh, he he just goes into it <laughs> kind of guy. Yeah, graceful kind of like grow man stuff. Like you know, great body control. Like you know, I hate to say it, the best players they all flop to some degree and to to get calls. And you know, in order to get to that like true superstar level, you know, scoring, I think Fox is going to need to. I hate to say it, flop a little bit more to get those calls in. This game, this game, he had to earn them, <laughs> and that's for damn sure. Oh, James yeah. Ham did note that he he is his he's doing a head snap backwards now. So there you go. That, there's the next evolution. <laughs> yep, that that's all we need for him to draw. So we shall see. Shall see. Uh, so just to close out the first quarter, Kings kind of Kings shot like shit. Math shot like shit. <laughs> these are the stats from the first quarter 38 percent from the field 11 percent from three for the kings and somehow the mouths were worse 24 percent from 24 percent field goal percentage and 13 percent from three because they hit two threes instead of just the kings is one and yeah it, it was a two point it was a two point game at that point but like i read those stats i was flabbergasted yeah, it's a, it was a really bad first quarter, especially uh, like a very low scoring first quarter, like 22-20. That's, that's, uh, haven't seen that kind of score in a quarter in a while. That's some Detroit Pistons versus San Antonio Spurs score right there. Um, but that would change in the second quarter for the Kings. Kings basically trade the lead back and forth to start, but towards the middle of the second quarter, they finally start to get a little bit of a lead. Mavs fight back a little bit, but then then that lead balloons to 17 to end the quarter. And honestly, I don't have that many specific notes about that run, but Kings were playing really good defense. And, you know, more or less forcing a lot of jumpers. Granted, they were. Some of them were really open, but Mavs could not buy a bucket during that stretch, like from the outside. I, I got to say for the second quarter, I think overall we got a lot like more energy uh, coming from the Kings today, uh, especially with the bench. And, you know, Metu got a dunk over KP and, you know, Terrence Davis just, just no hesitation, just shot those threes, kept the lead up and, you know, ended really well, I got to say. Yeah. And, you know, they combine that with, again, really good defense, getting their hands on balls, getting, you know, deflections, and yeah, and they were just flowing on offense, playing freely, like with Harrison Barnes is launching from 30 feet. And yeah, it was it, everything was going really well for the Kings. And it was just good to see them like, you know, 
basically turned good defense into, you know, good offense. And they, they were able to take advantage. And Mavs were kind of disoriented and, again, just could not make jumpers. Oh, yeah. Okay. Well, uh, anything else for the second? Not that I could think of. Okay, well, let's move on to the third then. Well, on in the third, uh, Harkless and KP ha- have a bit of a have a bit of a stare down, like they get get up in each other's faces. KP shoves Harkless. Uh, th- it was caused by a foul on a post entry where um, Harkless basically kind of did an elbow shove uh, or like a forearm shove of uh, KP in the back. KP takes exception. This is very kind of reminiscent of the uh, the Alex Len and CJ McCollum uh, confrontation from last year. Like, just finally, there's a guy on the Kings now that, you know, will get up in other people's face and will not back down from them, even if even if, like, you know, things get tense. And we need that kind of dog on this team. And I really hope the Kings re-sign Mo Harkless this offseason. Ooh, I hope so, too. And. You know, I don't mind seeing it every now and then, seeing Mo go at those kind of players. As long as, like, things don't get dirty. Like, I, I love some playoff intensity, kind of like, you know, fighting words type mentality. Like, don't let don't let teams punk you, you know? Like, you got sometimes you just got, you need that kind of guy who will go at other people. Like, Alex Len was that guy last year after the trade, and, you know, we didn't keep him. And... Yeah, like it's good to see that Mo Harkless finally bring that level of energy from, you know, it's just a kind of reminiscent of like, you know, the end of last year when we finally kind of got a, you know, we made those trades for new players and like they brought a different type of attitude and which the Kings, you know, sorely needed. Um, Moving on with the quarter, like Kings build the lead to 21 but Mavs rally behind Dorian Finney-Smith and Tim Hardaway, who just hit all the threes in the world. Tim Hardaway was shooting from 30 feet and nailing them. And, like, Dorian Finney-Smith just constantly open was the basically the only guy that actually hit from three during the entire game for the Mavs, basically. And the lead did go as low as, I think, nine or six. I don't remember the exact number, but... The Kings were able to kind of hold on and, you know, have a 10-point lead going into the fourth. Yeah, overall, it's just a reminiscence of, you know, how Kings are with the last half. You know, I, I was I was a little afraid that they were going to lose this game just because of uh, Finney Smith just hitting all these threes so easily. I mean, like, you know, I'm on I was on King's Twitter during this. It really does say something when, you know, we Kings get a seven, a double digit lead, but you have no confidence that they'll ever keep it like a 17 point lead. Honestly, feels like a four point lead to some degree for the Kings. And mm-hmm. I'm glad they were able to hold on and, you know, be, you know, make this a 10 point game as opposed to like letting just kind of laying down and die. Because honestly, this happens against the Mavs a lot, I feel like even back in the boogie days. Like, Kings would just build a lead, and the Mavs would always find a way to creep back into the game. Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if uh, Luka dropped, a, you know, 22 in the fourth. Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised at all, because that's just what the Kings do. And, yeah. uh, you know, mo- uh, moving on to the fourth, um, I don't actually have that many notes on here, but, the, I mean, I just remember it being very back and forth. Luka basically started to get hot. 
you know, he drove to the basket for these like short little floaters and short little jump shots. And then he and then he went into step back three mode. Basically, just hit, just did the step back three over guys, high arcers, you know, like, you know, long balls, high arcers. And basically, the Kings would actually play good defense on pretty much all of them. But Luka is a superstar, and he just hit them over them. I think, I count at least, I think, four step back threes during this quarter. Yeah, pretty much Luka did score 22 points in the fourth quarter for the Mavs. And, you know, luckily we had that fighting spirit to, you know, bounce back uh, from each Luka three or even uh, Finney Smith three, because uh, if not, yeah, this lead would have been cut down even further. And the end of the quarter basically devolved into a Fox versus Luka. Like Luka would hit some sort of shot, like a step back three or like a short little floater. And then Fox would come back and hit his own little short little jumper. And that was basically like the duel. And Fox was the one that was able to ice the game. Like after, you know, after I think getting basically getting Dorian Finney-Smith on skates and, you know, hitting that short little left elbow jumper. He's fi- he's finding a way to get to that spot and nailing that jumper. That jumper is is going to be a weapon going forward. Oh, yeah. Hopefully he shoots more doubles instead of threes, in my opinion. Yeah. And, of course, like, I, we got to shout out Dorian Finney-Smith. He was... He, what was he? Seven, six for eight. This I think he has six for eight from three. Yeah, oh, six for eight. Yeah, six for eight from three. Again, the only guy that was able to hit threes during the during this entire game, basically, for the Mavs. And there were t- we actually ended up getting kind of lucky because th- so there was one moment where the uh, Dorian Finney-Smith checks in, and I I'm just saying like you that's the one guy you cannot leave open because he's the only one nailing shots. Few possessions down. Guess what? He's open for some reason. He hits a three. And then, uh, like, two more possessions later, he's wide open again for no reason. But luckily, he ends up missing the three, and that was basically the end of the game because that led to a fox jumper that iced the game. Kings need to work on these issues. Again, like, you can't give up a three, like, in these situations, like, to give the team, like, more life. They gotta lock in and just say, okay, I, I don't care if Luca's getting a, getting that floater off or getting a step back three off. We're just gonna let someone else beat us. Like for you know that those are the two guys you need to watch out for: Dorian Finney-Smith and Luka Doncic. Force the ball into someone else's hands and do not leave a guy like Dorian Finney-Smith open. Like it's great that we won this game, but some of those mistakes, the 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 you know the common Kings mistakes that they make are still there. But luckily, we were able to hit shots this game. Yes, thank goodness. And hopefully we keep this up uh, in future games because this is the kind of Kings I want to see. And like I said, we still had our cons uh, throughout the games. But, you know, I think we fixed some of them in a way, like our defense. And, you know, we actually hit shots for once. But, yeah, we shall see on uh, Tuesday. Yeah, man, we're going up against the Timberwolves, and hopefully we come out and just make a statement, you know, one way or the other. And, yeah, like, again, the Kings still need to fix some issues, but, like, this could be a good kind of building block in terms of becoming a better team because, the, you know, the, the issue with the Kings, of course, is defense. 
and they need to get some of these kind of defensive principles together. Again, you, again, the one guy that's really been hurting you from three, you can't leave him open down the stretch, and you leave him open twice. You can't have that shit if you want to be a good team, you know. And yeah, um, you know, good win for the Kings, and yeah, uh, we'll see what happens in terms of like you know against the Timberwolves. Like, you know, Kings Twitter is having like a debate of like whether they wanted to lose or, you know, like or win this game because, you know, like a lot of people are on the tankathon train, including me. But like at the same time, a win's a win. And honestly, the position we're at in the draft, you know, like we can't really get any better odds just because all the other teams are actively trying to tank right now and you're just never going to catch them for the most part. And like honestly, as I mentioned, I did I did the research. Granted, it is small sample size, but being in that ninth and tenth spot is the sweet spot, or eighth and ninth spot. I don't remember, but like you know, that's that's the sweet spot to kind of get in the top three or hell even end up with a number one overall pick. Like because again, I've been talking to you, I've been talking to you a lot about Kay Cunningham, and real nice. Yeah. But like again, we're in we're kind of in that sweet spot right now, and you know it's fine we stay here. Like I'm honestly all for just good, you know, Kings basketball, you know, wins hopefully. But I just want to see some good basketball. I'm I don't want to go through a full on tank. <sighs> yeah, I mean, in my opinion, we should tank, but seeing how we're playing right now and you know, from previous games, I, I'm I'm enjoying what I'm seeing right right from this game, and I'm hoping that we keep this up. You know, because it gets a lot more interesting than just seeing us just flop. But you know, we shall see how the Kings are in the you know remainder of the season. Yeah. Um. I, I did hear a pretty funny idea. I want to I want to run this through you. We have not discussed this before, so this is the first time I've ever talked to this about you. Talk okay. about this with you. So someone pitched the idea that the the teams that aren't in the playoffs should play should play against each other and kind of do it almost in a playoff format. But I'm guessing like but like in a March Madness kind of format, where basically. The, the the best the team to win that tournament is the one that gets the for, number one overall pick. Ha. <laughs> and I guess well I don't know how the seeding would work, but like just imagine like the last fourteen teams, you know you're constantly shit, but like you know you would be incentivized is to some degree. To like actually not fully like tank and not play your players and instead like actually kind of load up like the Kings have on talent and just see and just like you would play in this tournament and if you win the tournament you get the number one overall pick. Ooh. That sounds interesting. I don't know. That that would make an interesting tournament to see why everyone actually try. And yeah, like I feel like I mean, like the fact that you gotta like completely like just be shit, and like the smart teams are shit on purpose. Oklahoma City literally deactivated Al Horford even though he was healthy, just because they want to tank right now. Like that kind of shit, I feel like probably shouldn't happen. 
But I mean, it's happening right now because they they know like that's their best chance at getting you know uh, Kay Cunningham or get the number one overall pick. And yeah, like it feels a little dirty to some degree that they're like that they're able to abuse the system in that way. But like it's a good strategic move to actually tank. But I think if you run a tournament like this, like it could actually like. Dis, disinf- you know, discourage uh, tanking. Granted, like the NBA has made good strides to curb tanking, anyways. So mm-hmm. I don't, I don't know if it's even necessary, but it would be a fun idea. Yeah, it'd be pretty fun. I feel like there should be a test run first to see how that goes, but I doubt we have the time or the NBA has the time to uh, pursue that. But yeah, that's a that's a pretty interesting idea to. Come. Yeah, it's just a fun little idea I, I thought of, and or not I thought of, but like I heard on uh, I think a podcast or a tweet, I don't remember. But yeah, I may, you maybe the Kings, well, the Kings, the NBA will implement something like that because it's honestly pretty painful to be a team that's not in the playoffs and actively tanking like this. So it maybe put just put more incentive into like the middle class, which the Kings are kind of in that weird middle class where they're not good. They're not good enough to, you know, qualify for the playoffs and, but they're not bad enough to get an, to get like a high level pick just because they're kind of stuck in that weird limbo. And this would be a way to kind of fight out of that weird limbo. I feel. I That's see. Just me. That's just me. It'd be a fun idea to explore. Um, Okay, well, that's basically all we have for the Mavs game. Uh, I mean, I, I quickly just want to, you know, to quickly talk about the uh, the boxing match that happened last night: Ben Askren versus Jake Paul. Uh, Jake Paul beat Ben Askren in the first round. Uh, yeah, <laughs> pretty much. To say it was anticlimactic would be such an understatement, and yeah, Jake Paul gets more notoriety. I get, you know. It's just, I mean, it, it kind of annoys me, but at the same time, like, you know, good on him for, you know, finding a career and, you know, take making the most out of his kind of douchebaggery. And, uh, yeah, well, Jesus Christ, what the fuck, Ben Askren? Come on, man. I know. Well, you know, the more hate uh, Jake Paul gets, the more money he makes. So, but yeah, so again, that, good on him. I'm not going to hate on him too much for that. Yeah. But that fight, uh, yeah. It seemed like, well, I mean, of course, uh, Ben can't wrestle, so <laughs> I don't know. It's it's a little out of his domain, I guess. But you know, it did seem like he had too much experience uh, boxing, or he didn't get enough training for it yet. Yeah, like that was the thing. Like I was because Nate the Nate Robinson fight. Like I I've um, watched videos on people explaining like Nate Robinson's inexperience, and people were even saying like that I don't they did they didn't think like Nate Nate had even sparred like had any training before like that boxing fight, and that's why he got just completely you know wrecked by shit Jake Paul. Going up against Ben Askren, like, you know, I, I just kept saying to myself, like, and a lot of people were saying, he's a professional MMA fighter. He has professional-level cardio and professional-level experience. And, like, you know, even though he even though he's almost, like, a pure wrestler, like, he still, like, I imagine knows how to throw punches and just knows how to fight. But I guess not. Like, it's just – and, you know, you know M- MMA and boxing – 
Like I like I, I got into it with with our buddy or buddy of mine. It's like, can Jake Paul beat uh beat Michael Jordan on a one on one? And I was like, say no, because in basketball, when someone gets crossed, that's not the end of the game. Like in in boxing, one in boxing and MMA, one shot sometimes is all it takes. And you know, I guess Ben just got caught with a really nasty right hand, and he just went down. And I was surprised it ended right there, but like. Yeah, I guess he just got maybe like Jake got lucky. Who knows? But like it is in the first round. Like that's pretty. That was pretty brutal. Yeah. Well, we'll see about his next fight because this will gain publicity, and I don't know. Like maybe the next fighter will have even more experience than Ben in terms of boxing. Maybe. I'm just I'm just waiting on some guy to KO his ass and his life to essentially fall apart. Don't wish too many bad things on him, but you know he is a he is a he is a piece of shit, <laughs> and yeah, I, I, he need, he needs to get knocked down a peg. But yeah, my, my opinion. But you know, good, good on him for earning all this money because fuck these these things earn so much money. I know. Well, he has you know put the time into it, and he has put in the trading. But yeah, we shall see when it comes to you know higher ups in the boxing world. Okay, uh anything else uh you wanna quickly talk about or not that I could bring up in my mind, but if anything, we'll we'll talk about it on Tuesday with uh actually uh, it'll be Minnesota Wednesday, game. I think, because it's a back to back. Oh, okay, maybe Wednesday then. <laughs> yeah, so the next game next uh, Kings game uh, will be Tuesday or Wednesday against Minnesota. Basically twice a goal in one. And then we won't have another game until Sunday, four days later, uh, against uh, Golden State. So, yeah, we'll yeah we'll we'll see you guys on Wednesday, and then we'll see what we can do in between that time as well. Oh yeah, we shall see.